Revolutionary.org podcast coming your way, guys. Doing another compound episode. Steve Smee here and Rick joining me. How's it going? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? So this is number 318, guys. We did Aromasin last episode. This time we're going to do the cousin of Aromasin, which is Arimidex. And Arimidex, the trade name, is a trade name for anastrozole. And it was, uh, the trade name was given to it by AstraZeneca, which is a pretty multi-billion dollar uh, pharmaceutical company. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. And a lot of bodybuilders, you know, in the gym and on forums, uh, they'll just call it ADEX, A-D-E-X for short. So, aromatics, guys, um, it is an aromatized inhibitor. It works similar to aromacin at the end of the day. It does the same thing. So, um, it's a non-steroidal aromatase inhibitor drug, and it was approved for treatment of breast cancer after surgery and for meta- metas- metastasis in women. So um, the, just like a lot of women who have breast cancer, uh, I, if you know anyone who does, their doctor will probably put them on some type of anti-estrogen drug to prevent the estrogen from rebounding, for prevent the estrogen from rising, and to prevent the cancer, give the cancer cells less of a chance of ever coming back. So if you know any family members or friends like I do who've had breast cancer, you'll know that there was a chance the doctors did put them on a remedy. So I'm gonna bring in Rick to talk about the history and a little science about aromatics and some of the uh, science about how it works. Yes, yeah, so uh, Arimidex is one of these drugs that helps to lower the overall amount of estrogen in your system. It, it works by actually uh, diminishing the amount of aromatase enzyme in your body. And so unlike something like Novodex or Oclomifere, which we've discussed already in the last, uh, the last uh, few podcasts, that actually is blocking estrogen at the site but doing nothing about the overall estrogen levels, Arimidex actually lowers overall estrogen levels. Uh, it was first approved in 1987 for medical use, specifically for the treatment of breast cancer. In uh, 1995 is, is when it was really, really came into use for, for that purpose. And when, when it was first available to the underground, and I can remember, it was around 2001, 2002, you were able to get one milligram Arimidex pills for about $10 a piece, 10 to $15 a piece which was uh, pretty outrageous compared to the pricing on Arimidex and Clomid. Uh, needless to say, I didn't quite mess with Arimidex until about 05, 06, when it dropped in price eventually some. But Arimidex really was the, the real kind of first alternative to Novodex or, or Mastron um, or Provitamin, right? Because these were uh, the, the three anti-estrogens uh, steroid users used until Arimidex, Aromacin, Letrosol, all these came out years later. So pretty short history of it. You know, in 1987, it was uh, first approved for use. Couldn't find much of anything before that. It was patented by Imperial Chemical Industries, which uh, seems to be a pretty large company. And that's, that's about it. Not, not much history on it, um, but we'll get some more into how it works uh, in later in the podcast. All right, guys, 
So let me explain to you guys some, some more science behind it. So there was a trial done on a Remedex where 10,000 women with localized breast cancer, um, they took Remedex along with Tamoxifen, Novodex, which we discussed on a prior episode. You guys can look that one up. And they found out that the serum Novodex itself binds with the estrogen receptors, blocking some of the estrogen actins while at the same time allowing others so they found that after the study, five years, a group that had also received Arimidex had much better clinical results than those who just took Novodex by itself. So this is a really good idea for doctors to stack both of these instead of just using Novodex. Now, the person that I knew who had breast cancer, and I don't know, Rick, if you knew anybody, she was put on Novodex and the doctor pretty much told her it's going to take you three to five years to be on Novodex after her breast cancer was... Uh, was taken care of, but he did not put her also on a remedic. So this study is a really, really good thing um, because breast cancer is very, very devastating among, among women. So, um, you know, definitely if you know anyone, uh, show them this study, maybe show them this podcast even, um, and have them tell the doctor, hey, maybe, maybe it'd be good for me to be on both instead of just taking Novodex. So we know that Aromadex works really well for estrogen. So again, that's why we have, um, we use these drugs in bodybuilding. Why are we talking about a breast cancer uh, drug that's good for breast cancer in women? Well, it's because in bodybuilding, when we use aromat aromatizing compounds, uh, many anabolic steroids, uh, dianabol, testosterone, EQ, decadurabolin, um, a lot of them, they aromatize into estrogen in the body. As soon as they hit the body, they boom, they, they start converting to estrogen. So if you're not controlling the estrogen in your body, you're also going to have problems. Yeah, so uh, Rick, you want to you wanna jump in? When it comes to, to Orimidex, it was really the first time that you were able to use a, a drug specifically just to lower overall estrogen. The only options you had then was adding another steroid so yeah, you had you had a Mastron Provirin, and even guys felt like Provirin took away from their gains a little bit. Maybe it it wasn't as anabolic as muscle building as other steroids, but was out competing other steroids for those androgen receptors. So even Provirin has its drawbacks. Although it, although it does help as a as a good anti-estrogen, it it's it's not as a strong steroid, and it will compete with the other steroids you're taking. Uh, Mastron really did help for estrogen but i mean there was nothing else out there like arimidex and once once arimidex came on the scene in my opinion that's when you really saw the big dosage just really guys started doing you know two three grams a week normal people just normal going to the office every day you know hal and sal and tom just juicing their fucking face off you know it was a gram of testosterone as a base for every cycle. This is what was going on in the forums in the early 2000s. And then you throw some more steroids on top of that, and you definitely couldn't forget, for, forget your old kickstart. And since, you know, we had a, a Remedex now, now you could run a gram of testosterone plus 50 milligrams or 60 milligrams of D-ball and just take, you know, one meg of an astrosol every day, and your estrogen will be pretty, pretty manageable even at those doses. So in my opinion, it's one of the things that helped change the game. You know, I think dosing started to climb up around the late 80s, 
which is when Dan Duchesne first discovered you could use Novodex to prevent gynecomastia. And then 2000 and change when Arimidex came out, I think doses kept climbing up. Again, just these anti-estrogens have allowed guys to just do a lot more steroids. And maybe lowering estrogen is taking away from your gains some, which is then leading you to believe that you just needed more steroids. And maybe not. Maybe what you needed was to let those testosterone, let that testosterone aromatize a little bit and use, utilize a little bit of that high estrogen to get better performance and better gains. So it definitely was a, a game changer, a culture changer when Arimidex came out into the scene. It, it, it changed everything. It, it changed the way you could, you could manipulate the hormones and, and what you could do because now you really could take a lot of steroids, a lot of testosterone, a lot of Dianabol, a lot of EQ, and just completely lower all estrogen levels uh, with the Remedex. It's pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty game-changing for, for guys at the time. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If you ask anyone in the gym, some of the old-timers there, and you talk to them, a lot of them don't even know that Arimidex or Romacinic even exists. Um, some of them don't even know Novadex exists. I mean, they're really, really old school. These are guys in maybe 50s, 60s, even 70s that are in your gym. They've been around a long time. Because in those days, like Rick said, they didn't have these options. And also another thing you'll notice too is a lot of them, they don't run testosterone like, like guys do today. Like you see some of the younger guys, younger generation guys, they're pushing 500, 1,000, 1,500 milligrams a week of testosterone. Stack it with every cycle. It's got to be the base of every cycle is what they say. But in those days, guys didn't run testosterone with their cycles because there was no way to control the estrogen. I mean, if you were stupid back then, you would do that, and they'd laugh at you because you'd have bitch tits, or you'd have to be very, very lucky genetically. You know, I credit one guy, funny enough, there was an old uh, Polish guy on the forums many, many years ago. He started a supplement company uh, for a couple of years. And he was very popular, old guy. He looked like shit in his pictures, by the way. But he, he's the first guy that I really seen going out there telling everybody that they needed a gram of testosterone as a base to every cycle. And then you would put your deca and nandrol you know you put your deca and equipoise and dianabol and whatever else on top of that but you needed a gram of testosterone my opinion that could be wrong he was probably fucking dealing it's one of the reasons he wanted to he wanted everybody to do these high dosing his pictures he looked like shit in his pictures but he was pushing this and it's funny because once he got started with this i seen everybody else talk about it now, I don't know if this was like a real underground idea and he was the first guy to bring it into the forums and, and discuss it and talk about it because he was very prominent. He was on several forums. But I don't think so, man. I think, I think it had a lot to do with once a nasrosol came into the picture and, and you could take something to lower overall estrogen, I think sources took advantage and started telling people to take more and more and more. So, you know, even... I think I think a lot of the dosing uh, protocol and a lot of the higher dosing came from from the ability of of these drugs. Now, wouldn't you agree, Steve? Yeah, that's one of the reasons for sure. Uh, that's one of the reasons for sure. Um, we can go back to the economics of it. Um, you can sell a bottle of testosterone underground lab. Someone can make it, you know, bathtub gear out of their own house. 
and it would probably cost them five bucks to make it, if that. And they could turn around and sell it for 50, 60, 70, 80 bucks. So the, the margins are huge. So if you're running a huge source, a huge steroid dealer all over the world, you can just imagine if you're making that type of markup on, on the product, you can imagine that's, that's where the money is. They don't make money off HGH, these sources. Legitimate HGH, the margins are very, very tiny. Um, that's why you'll see a lot of sources, they don't really push HGH on the forums to their, to their customers, but they damn well sure push testosterone. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, guys, I mean, the point is that, you know, um, since the advent of these AIs, it's allowed people to be more flexible with running testosterone. They don't have to be scared to run four or 500 milligrams a week with their cycle. They don't have to be scared to run uh, two aromatizing compounds because of these AIs. So it's not something I, I recommend guys really like stack a bunch of aromatizing compounds in a cycle though, regardless, because I'm not a fan of fatiguing yourself. And we're going to talk about this actually um, a Q and a that we did either the one prior to one after we're going to talk about that more. But um, you know, if you talk to the old school guys, they have a different mentality on it. They're basically not taking anything that aromatizes and they're not taking any of these ancillary anti-estrogens. But the newer guys, they run high dosages of everything and take a lot of drugs to combat those dosages. So it's two different modes. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you only did uh, 10, 20 mg of the animal per day, you're not going to worry too much about getting bitch tits and getting too bloated. I mean, at about between 10 and 20 milligrams of the animal a day, you're, you're just getting enough of the steroid benefits. You're getting a little bit of aromatization. So you have a little bit of higher estrogen to help those gains. It, it's kind of a sweet spot. I, I guess you could do 40, 50 milligrams, 60 milligrams, and then slam some aromacin or remedex on top of it. But you probably are not going to get that much better long-term results doing 50 mgs of D-ball with aromacin then if you just stuck to the 20, maybe if you're gyno-prone, use a little bit of Novodex and just ride it out. You know, make it a, uh, make this thing a marathon, not just a quick race, right? So I, th I think, I think uh, yeah, definitely, probably one of the drugs to affect the way you, the way guys use steroids more than, more than anything else, Arimidex itself, I think it was, it was the gateway to just, to just this huge, these huge cycles with, the, with a bunch of stuff on it, I think. So the dosages, otherwise, you know, the, this very dose-dependent guys, at the end of the day, you're going to have to use blood work to find out your sweet spot when it comes to dosage. But you can start with a quarter milligram, half a milligram every other day, every third day on a typical cycle where you're running aromatizing compounds. Now, if you're not running anything that aromatizes, you're not going to need an AI. Um, also keep in mind too, you could be getting bunk gear or something that's not really. And we've, we've seen that over the years. We've seen guys run primo cycles or, or EQ or something like that. And they end up getting gynecomastia problems and estrogen issues because they were really, instead of running primo, they were really running testosterone. So we've seen evidence of that. Um, we don't, we don't hear very much of that anymore. I mean, if a source is doing that to people, people are pretty wise to it. So they're going to get busted really quick. So. Um, but just watch out for that. But at the end of the day, you know, quarter milligram, half a milligram every other day, every third day on a typical 500 milligram 
a week testosterone, maybe stacking one other thing with it. Um, if you want to stack a little D-ball with it or something. But at the end of the day, guys, blood work. Blood work is key. Blood work gives you a snapshot of what's going on in your body. So you can run the blood work, see where your estrogen is. You want your estrogen to be in, in level, um, in range. Um, anything above 35, 40 is going to be too high, and that's going to cause estrogenic side effects. So you can get away with it for a little while, but I would not stretch it. I would not keep your estrogen high. Some guys do. Um, some guys will not even run an AI on cycle. They'll push their estrogen levels up to a hundred. They don't, they don't care, but it is risky. It is not good for your health to put your estrogen high. What do you think about that strategy, Rick? Do you think that it's not good for your health? I think having your estrogen way too high or way too low long-term, they're both no good for your health. If you're talking about your estrogen being too high or too low for, your cycle time, which is, you know, three months, and then you're fine the rest of the year. If your estrogen is either too high or too low, three to four months out of the year, maybe in the long run, you're fine. But yeah, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to either have estrogen too high or too low because you can have problems for both. If your estrogen is too low, there are a lot of processes in your body that aren't being done properly. Repairing bone is one of them. Proper uh, lipid profiles in your, in your blood system is another. If your estrogen is way too high, then you have other problems you need to worry about. There are cancers that are dependent on estrogens. And if you're a man and your body's naturally not going to produce a lot of estrogen, but you maintain high estrogen through your lifetime through steroid use, then you run a chance of maybe developing some, some cancer and, and some other problems like like blood pressure issues and issues with water retention and electrolytes because of the higher estrogen. So really uh, trying to keep estrogen at, at close to kind of normal, manageable levels. Um, and I guess say normal when, it, when you reference it to your testosterone levels, right? The ratio has to be proper. You're, you know, that's just the way your body's meant to run. So really, you know, these, this crushing your estrogen or, or letting it get too high during cycle, it's, it's not a norm. It's something you put up with uh, so that you can make those gains so that you can morph your body in a, in a shorter amount of time. But yeah, definitely not a, a long-term solution. I, I wouldn't want to see any guys out there thinking that they need to take an astrosol long-term, taking a Remedex long-term because they think that their nipple's a little bit puffy. So they're just going to, no long-term uh, a, a Remedex. It's just not, you don't long-term drugs like this. Not unless you're a cancer survivor. My uh, ex-wife's mother, she's a cancer survivor, and she has to take Femara for life. She has to take Femara every single day for the rest of her life, she, and she's a cancer survivor. It's a different story. If you're a bodybuilder, if you're just a guy who, who feels like his estrogen levels are a little bit higher, you don't, yeah, you don't want to take an estrogen either as a standalone, like as some sort of a muscle builder. You don't want to take it as just some kind of gyno reversal cure once you've already had gyno. You don't, yeah, it's, it's really not, not there for any of those purposes. As a matter of fact, if you were trying to reverse gyno, you might be better off with something like Letrosol, Novadex, your hand flame applied right on the spot, and some weight loss. Like that's some serious, that's a serious stack. But yeah, Remedex is it's not for any of those things. So you have to really keep it in context. And look, to be fair, 
I think aromasin does a much better job at lowering overall estrogen than, than Rimidex. I think also the, the dosing schedule with aromasin is much, much easier to work with. You can go 24, 12, six mix, three mix. It just gives you a, a more of a range and an easier way to dial it in. When it comes to Rimidex, you're talking about one milligram or half a milligram of a, or a quarter milligram. You don't, you don't have a lot of room to wiggle dosing around the way you do with the Romacin. So although we're doing the podcast today about a Remedex, it's been quite a long time since I've ever messed with it. Whenever I've had the need for what a Remedex does, I just use a Romacin. And something like Letro, that's the next level. That's when you, uh, that's probably not, in my opinion, such a preventive drug. You might, neither Remedex nor Letro, I think would you really want to take during cycle, my opinion. I think if you're, if you're going to pick, if I had to pick one drug to just lower overall estrogen levels during cycle, it'd be aromasin or arimastain. I think arimastain, which you can still get over the counter in some places, I think it's, it's just maybe not milligram per milligram, but if you, if you double or triple the dose, uh, you're looking at arimastain, which is over the counter nowadays, to be as, almost as powerful or comparable to aromasin. I would even take arimastain, do 50 to 100 milligrams of arimastain per day and a half before I use arimidex or I use, or I use letro, letrosol. That's just, uh, that's just the, the way I, I've used these anti-estrogens when, I, when I've had to. And, you know, it's just worth mentioning. So side effects, Rick touched on a little bit. If you look, if you overdose it, you're a bodybuilder, you overdose it, you run it on a cycle where you don't need it. You run it too much on a cycle, you do need it. You're going to get side effects. You're going to get low estrogen side effects. You're going to get the cracking joints. You're going to get the moodiness. You're going to get a little depression. You may get problems with your sleeve. You may get lethargic. We need estrogen as men. We still need estrogen as men um, to function properly. And if you run it too low, then you'll get side effects of high estrogen if you're running a cycle where there's a lot of aromatization happening. So it's all about running it correctly and it's all about blood work. And if you run it correctly, the side effects are very, very minimal. Um, there should not be an issue. Um, that's one of the good things about it is that it does come with low side effects if you run it properly. And it's cheap. But like Rick said, you know, aromasin is better in a lot of ways, but some guys, we see this all the time on the forums. They just don't have access to aromasin or they're getting, they're on, um, you know, they're getting their stuff from their doctor or a clinic and their doctors don't even know what aromasin is. They, they are arimidex people because they've been around so long, 10, 20, 30 years. And they've, they don't even know that aromasin exists yet. So they'll put their, they'll write a prescription for arimidex because that's all they know. And people think just because someone is a doctor that they're supposed to be like smart. And, you know, we would like to think that, but that does not mean that they're updating their knowledge. So that's the advantage we have on these forums is that we can update our information. We can give you guys the updated information. And the updated information is I would take Aromasin over Remedex every day, every fucking day. I would take Aromasin over Remedex. But if you don't have access to Aromasin, like I said, your doctor doesn't prescribe it, your clinic doesn't prescribe it, or your source doesn't carry it or out of stock. 
then a Remedex will be my second choice. So nothing wrong with a Remedex if you need to use it. Any final thoughts, Rick? Yeah, nothing wrong with the Remedex if you can't get your hands over on aromacin. I think we should do a show, Steve, on just anti-estrogen drugs and just compare them all in one show. I think that would be a, a good, good bit of information for everybody. So we can compare and rank all of these different anti-estrogens, the protocols that are used, and what's really effective and what's not. I think nowadays, if you're worried about estrogen side effects on cycle, um, aromacin and Novadex will take good care of you. Letrosol, way strong. I think that's for pre that's for pre-existing gyno that you're trying to work with and, and try to reverse without surgery. Arimidex, it's kind of the odd man out. It should, doesn't, for steroid users now, right? Because cancer patients is a different story. But for steroid users, Arimidex is just not as good as aromacin. Okay? And, and aromacin is probably... Uh, because it's, you can still go into your local health food store and pick up arimastain, then aromazin is probably not as good as arimastain, in my opinion now, because you can, walk into a, you can walk into a health food store and say, listen, I need arimastain, anti-estrogen, uh, Andrasta, 3,5. Guys might, might know it by, by, by that. So... You go, you're going to find that you're going to have a really good aromatase inhibitor over the counter. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely now that discussing closing the podcast here, it, it's not, 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 the, not the best, not the best for, for the purpose. For the time that it came out, there was not much other stuff around. Yeah, it worked. Why not? Lowered overall estrogen. Now we can do a gram of testosterone as the base of every cycle. Great. Nowadays, uh, Probably not the first choice for any steroid user, really. It's just worth mentioning. It's worth doing a podcast about it because it's out there. But most likely than not, you're going to find us on the forums or us ourselves if the need is there to lower overall estrogen to use aromacin. Or, or in my case, arimastain. I, st I still get and I still like using arimastain when I have the need for that as opposed to aromacin. All right, guys, so we covered everything on Aromadex. Hope you guys uh, learned a lot. Save this podcast as a reference in the future. For Steve, me, and Rick, another episode of Evolutionary Radio. We'll have another chemical episode next week. Have a good one. Hey, have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.